Welcome to Marketing Demystified, the podcast that connects the dots for business leaders to drive revenue through effective marketing strategy. We chat with marketing experts on different topics that will help you ramp up your revenue. We stream live on LinkedIn, Twitter, and YouTube, and you can listen to us on your favorite podcast platforms. Marketing Demystified, the podcast, is presented to you by GrowGetter, your partner in growth marketing. And here's today's episode. Hello, everyone. Are you ready to be inspired, informed, and empowered with actionable tips to transform your marketing game? You're in the right place. Welcome to Marketing Demystified. I'm your host, Jen Mancusi, CEO and co-founder of GrowGetter, your growth marketing partner. Does B2B marketing need to be dull and dry? That is the key question we'll be exploring in today's conversation with Elliot Curry, a B2B marketing expert with over 15 years of experience working with major brands. Elliot is an advocate for injecting more creativity, emotion, and even humor into B2B campaigns to capture attention and connect with decision makers on a more human level. I'm really excited to hear his thoughts and tips on this topic. Welcome to the show, Elliot. Hello, how are you? I'm doing well, thanks. How are you today, this Monday? Oh, I am absolutely awesome. It's a dreary day in the metro Atlanta area. Um, You know, couldn't be better. (laughs) Couldn't be better. Perfect. Well, I'm really excited to have this conversation today. Um, I'm with you. I feel like B2B marketing should be fun, should be creative, should be exciting, but it's something that companies sometimes struggle with. So let's get into it. Um, And maybe we'll just start off by like, what's your, in your experience, what do you think is the reason why um, B2B marketing trends tend to lean more boring? Yeah. um, You know, I always watch these amazing marketing campaigns on the consumer side. Um, Whether it's the, you know, back in the day, the Bud Light, I think it was Bud Light. Oh, yeah. I might have not been either one of those, but it was hilarious. Um, and people connected with it. You know, people were standing around the office. I always thought, like, why not? Why isn't this happening in B2B? Um, and over my career, I've always understood that there was this weird sentiment that B2B buyers do not smile. Mm-hmm. They are mindless drones that go to the office every day, work eight straight hours without enjoyment in life and they clock out at eight and then they go back to their regular life where they get old navy emails and they laugh in reality we know that doesn't happen so why do we treat these people that way um there's also a sentiment that you know hr executives ceos uh business b2b buyers they only respond to logical dry arguments the problem is with both of these is that we're totally overlooking and we continue to overlook the humanity um, of it all. Every These people are people. That's one thing we all have in common, right? Whether you sit in the C-suite or you sit in the F-suite, we're all people, we all breathe, we like food, and I guarantee you we like to laugh. So by ignoring the humanity or opportunity to infuse humor, I feel like we're missing the opportunity to do something extremely special. Um, In either case, whenever I laugh or whenever you laugh, something magical happens. Our brain produces these endorphins. We feel good. It can help relieve stress. It can help relieve pain. When my wife's talking to me, sometimes I laugh. It causes pain. 
But the point is, is that I feel is we are able to infuse more humor into our marketing. We can unlock some of those positive feelings and align them with our brand. So I, I think the number one reason is because we just have it wrong. But I think there's another reason um, that we don't see more humor in B2B marketing. And it's the strongest emotion or one of the strongest emotions, fear. When I was at a previous employer, I'll never forget, um, I came in with these great ideas and I wanted to infuse some more emotive elements in the emails and she was not having it. She shot it down like she was playing Duck Hunt on Nintendo. Um, my th- <laughs> and, and, and those are my aspirations. And you know, I learned later, it wasn't that she didn't think it was appropriate, but she was scared, right? And for good reason. While humor can be an amazing win, it can do some amazing things, getting it wrong has consequences. Um, so today, I, the way I look at it is, you know, with all of that considered, I like to use humor where appropriate. Um, and I call it humorous hedging, where I hedge the risk, but I unlock the benefits of humor in B2B marketing. Mm. So. Yeah, for sure. And I think that you're, you hit the nail on the head with the fear piece, because there's a lot of, especially if you're maybe a larger B2B brand and have a longstanding history and a certain tone and a certain culture that can definitely, um, I I can understand the fear of the risk. And I want to spend some more time on that. But I also want to just go back, like, I mean, I feel like there used to be this clear delineation especially in digital environments between professional and personal, right? Like do not wish me happy birthday on LinkedIn. This is a professional platform, right? Like people still actually are like, you know, you can't say that on this platform because it's a professional platform versus another platform where it is personal. But as that blends and people are like, you're just scrolling, you don't, there is no distinction now between professional and personal. So in order to compete with these amazing consumer brands that are doing these amazing campaigns, the the boring B2B stuff that's in between is just getting scrolled past. That's it. That's it. And I'll tell you something that's even that, that interests me a little bit more. I haven't researched this, so I may sound like a complete idiot. But as we watch um, the generational changes, right, you know, back to the reason you don't see more humor in B2B, you have uh, a generation of people who who see things differently, right? You have my mom. Um, My mom was one of those people, like, you go to work every day, you leave your personal life at home, you do not express yourself. Like, there was not exactly, but there were these rigid rules that I had to follow based on her work experience. Today's different. Today, I'm told to bring my whole self to the office. I'm quirks and all. and that's a beautiful thing, right? And so just as the way she, my mom, who I love dearly, is an amazing woman, raised a single mother by herself, right? But just as those ideals and practices sort of are falling by the wayside, the way we approach B2B marketing will too. Because now in the C-suite, some of sometimes, right, are those millennials um, or, you know, maybe not younger millennials, but millennials like me. I'm what you call a geriatric millennial. <laughs> Um, I was born in 1982, right? I wear that with pride because I, I understand the previous generation, which I think is Gen, um, Gen X, right? But I also am entrenched in millennial values. 
So as we see more of the people age out of the workforce, uh, more people like me um, and younger people are starting to step up and take these seats. And when that happens, the brands who fail to engage with emotion and humor may find themselves left on the wayside. Mm -hmm. So yeah for sure for sure i do i do agree that there's probably some pretty major di uh generational differences like you know growing up mm -hmm. being told that ah, nobody likes their jobs right now <laughs> there is right. actually like people want to enjoy the work that they do and you know some things like that make it make it different in terms of the passion that you bring to your job it's not it's not like you said like logical dry arguments to check the box and do the work it's actually people care and they want to you know, show up in a different Absolutely. way. Um, and so, you know, as we think about like some of the things that are blocking people from in, like having that emotion and that humor and that humanity, do brands even want that? Or is it the fear that's blocking them? Or do they have not even any desire to get into that space? So that's a really interesting question because on one hand, um, <laughs> You know, I'm married uh, to my beautiful wife. We've been married for 10 years. Um, sometimes she'll ask me something and I'll be like, no, I don't want that. I don't want that. Ugh, that's disgusting. Don't want that. Like food, I'm, I'm really a funny eater, even though like I, I'm a big guy, I'm 6'4". Uh, I don't eat seafood. I don't eat mushrooms. I hate mushrooms. I'm a vegetarian slash pescatarian. And I say vegetarian slash pescatarian because I'm really a vegetarian because I don't eat seafood. I hate fish. I don't like salmon, right? So I mainly eat veggies. I'm a vegetarian. Um, and oftentimes she'll try a new recipe and I'm like, she'll tell me about it. And I'm like, mm -mm, I don't want that until I try mm -hmm. it and I love it, right? So I think that's a big part of it. Uh, a lot of brands don't know they want more personality, more humor um, until they try it. Uh, and, and this is a, a key point. And this is how I won one of my managers over in a previous role. Um, data, but data does not lie. You can't argue with data. Uh, data helps you overcome fears. Um, and the data says that I think 82% of B2B buyers, they want more creativity. They're tired of the logical dry arguments. That's 82%. Um, more so 81% uh, want more engaging content, like stuff that actually moves them. And when we say engaging, engaging content does something that it, it, it touches your emotions, basically. It touches an emotional lever. And then 48% of B2B buyers say that they're simply tired of contemporary B2B content. If that's not enough, think of it this way. I read somewhere, um, I'm a mess this up, but the average worker receives about 74 emails during the workday. Mm -hmm. I think that number is low. I can't tell you how many emails I get, all creating this rational, logical argument that goes straight to spam or they don't include the unsubscribe button at the bottom, which makes me angry and I have to respond, please stop sending me this. You know, I don't want to be rude, right? But we, we are bombarded by emails all the time. And if it's a sales email, I'm so quick to hit delete. How do you make it stand out? One way is to simply use humor, right? So out of those 74 emails, if there's one email that you get that has an emoji in the subject line, if it does nothing more to make you stop, pause and look at it, maybe even click it. And if you open it, then that's half the battle. So I, th I think the data is, the data says, the data from B2B buyers strongly communicates 
that B2B marketing needs more personality. Um, if the brands don't listen to the data, then, you know, it is what it is. But I think buyers are very clearly communicating that, yes, we want more engaging content. We want stuff that makes us smile, smirk, laugh, hey, be human. Mm -hmm, for sure. And I love your point about data. Like that is the, like, that's the the way to convince people they need it to begin with, for sure. If anybody who's listening, if you just heard those stats, 82% want more humor, like if that's not enough, <laughs> do some experimenting, like get some of your own data. Yeah. And sometimes if we're talking email subject lines with emojis, that's a really easy A-B test to do. And probably, I mean, I'm curious your thoughts, like when I think about what you said about the fear, that feels like a low risk experiment to me. Hey, listen, don't just, let's not okay. move too fast because that is exactly what it is. It is a low risk, high reward um, way to get started. Um, and I, I can, I want to talk more about that, right? Um, and I, I, we can talk more about that later, but yeah, emojis are awesome. Emojis aren't necessarily funny per se, right? But they do something magical. They tickle some emotional element, right? Whether it's that one emoji, like he's like looking with his hands up or the 100%, they do something. They make you feel something. It doesn't have to be like slap leg funny um, to be humorous. So yeah, emojis are a great place to start. I love them. Uh, sometimes I may try to go overboard, but they are a safe, great, place to start, you want some A-B tests, see what works, and that can open the door, you know, for greater things. Mm -hmm, for sure. So. And you're right, like with just being inundated with sales emails and cold outreach, like I very rarely respond to them. There is some sort of like universal magic that needs to happen where like you hit me with a solution to a problem I have right this moment, which you, you have no control mm -hmm. over that, right? You just got to get lucky. But I'm more likely to yep. respond to something that like makes me smile in the middle of my day, as opposed to if I can't understand it, or it's like too technical, or it doesn't seem to give me the solution that they're trying to like, there's so many reasons I'm going to delete it. And so few reasons I'm going to mm -hmm. respond. Um, so it's, it's like hard to find that that sweet spot, I guess. Listen to this, I have received emails um, that tickle the mm -hmm. right emotional cord in me. Typically it's a smile or something really witty, right? And I'll email them back and be like, hey, this was awesome. Thank you. Um, you know, I'm not in need of that right now or we're not in need of that right now. But hey, when we are, I'll make sure to reach out back, reach back out to you and let's have a conversation. Or I'll just follow with, hey, do you have a demo? Um, in other words, I am more perceptive. I'm open to it. Even if there's not necessarily need, I, I, I appreciate it. Because sometimes, you know, work can be, uh, it can be boring mm -hmm. sometimes, right? And if you get that thing, if you're inundated with emails and meetings all day, and all of a sudden you get a funny email that like makes you think not about work for five seconds, I appreciate that. Maybe I'm different, <laughs> uh, but I appreciate that. It yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, so, I mean, once... If you're in a business today and you've kind of gotten over that hurdle of like, okay, I've seen the data. I know I need to do it. I'm terrified, right? <laughs> like, what? Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Why do you think companies are then still struggling to use humor and emotion in campaigns? Like once they've gotten over that initial hurdle of like, yeah, I want to do it, but I don't know how. Um, you know, 
after all that stuff I said about like humor and how awesome it is and how, you know, getting involved with humor, emotive elements. I don't want to just say humor because humor is tricky, but definitely more emotive elements. And, and there are many endless ways to do emotion, humor together. Um, it, it sounds good. <laughs> um, but to be completely honest, approaching it as if I'm going to do funny or do just humor in my emails is really, really really hard and that's in addition to the fear of getting it wrong like right now if i were to ask someone tell me something funny they can immediately think of that funny thing in their head they can think of a cloud of funny things right but when it comes to like putting that on paper into an actual email it's very difficult it's hard to translate the sentiment of funny or humor into relevant and and appropriate B2B marketing emails is possible, though. I always equate it to, um, well, first of all, you've already touched it, the emojis. So keep emojis yeah. in the head. Emojis in the subject line. I always equate it to working out. Um, I unfortunately do not work out. I like playing tennis. <laughs> I enjoy basketball. I enjoy, um, I coach my kids' soccer team, which is like a workout. Um, but I do not go to the gym. I hate it. I want to. You know, I want the results, but I don't want the work. Um, nonetheless, if I did go to the gym, my first day at the gym, I wouldn't jump up to the bar, grab me a couple of Cadillacs, slap them on and try to like bench press 200 pounds. Right. Um, another example, if I was a runner, which I don't run, <laughs> I play tennis, which is like short sprints. Uh, but if I was a runner, like a marathon, if I wanted to be a marathon runner, I would not immediately <laughs> sign up tomorrow for a 5K. Uh, and think that I would, you know, not hurt myself. The truth is, my mom always told me, son, you have to crawl before you walk. You have to walk before you run. And I think that's the exact same way. Uh, companies struggling, if you're struggling with trying to find emotive ways and humor elements to infuse in your, B, in your B2B emails, first of all, give yourself a break, right? It's not easy. It's not easy. There are only a few great stand-up comedians. And then there's a reason, because it's hard to tell a joke. Instead, I always say start with something small. As we just mentioned, emojis. That's a great place to start. Um, and once you start with emojis, you can continue taking small steps to step it up. It's so important to, I mean, there are several things that are important in, in trying to infuse humor, but I think it's so critical to know your audience. Um, if you don't know your audience, the fear becomes real because you could be speaking a language that your audience doesn't receive. Um, and that could just, you know, it, it could be bad, right? So it's so important to first learn your audience. Um, and once you start taking those small steps, you learn what works, learn what doesn't, learn what resonates, wash and repeat and continue to refine it. If that means a brand never gets to uh, using a GIF, in an email, which is like level five, <laughs> level five humor, right? Um, that's okay. It's not for every brand. That's not every brand's memo. Um, you have to do what's right for your brand and what's right for your audience. Yeah. So yeah, you gotta crawl before you walk, um, walk before you run. And eventually you may walk up to like Olympic speed yeah. walking, which is hilarious to me. Absolutely. Have you ever seen that Olympic? Okay. Speed I, I feel like We've not had this conversation before, but that is my dream Olympic sport. Do you know this about me? 
What? No, I'm it sorry. Is, <laughs> it is the only Olympic sport I think I could. Ha I have a shot in. So that's one of my aspirations. I think I might be able to be an Olympic speedwalker one day. Everything else, there's no chance. That's hilarious. <laughs> that is hilarious. I love watching them walk, like because it's such an art it to is. it. But you can't do something with oh, your yeah. hips, and you got to be going. And there was that Chris Paul commercial uh, where he was speed walking, yeah, whatever. Totally. Yeah, we can go off on a tangent here. That's going to be a whole other episode. We got to talk about Olympic speed walking. But uh, exactly. <laughs> so if you know these sort of things about people, you can personalize your content and be relevant and humorous with with that as well. It's another way to kind of connect with people yeah. in an emotional way. But um, but going back to sort of those those practical tips, I love the understanding your audience piece. I think that's so critical. And I think it's, it, I was mm -hmm. just having this conversation with somebody the other day, like it's half the battle with any marketing tactic is understanding your audience. Like, and it's, it's something that oftentimes um, companies can skip that step and, and a lot of stuff gets, mm -hmm. gets missed. And I'm, I'm thinking also about, as you were talking, um, we have a client who works in, you know, uh, like does multicultural work, right. In different languages, different cultures. Mm -hmm. And she has this workshop she does that's, humor versus humor, humor O-R versus O-U-R, right? Like the difference mm. in humor in different cultures, right? And how not understanding that is you're not going to hit right, right? So you might not have a Absolutely. multicultural audience and you don't have to worry about that. You're not like working in different languages or whatever. But if you're working in a global business and you're trying to apply a global marketing plan, the humor in the U.S. is not going to be the same as the humor in, you know, uh, France or in Germany or some somewhere else. So those are things that like that what you were while well, you were talking about, like sort of understanding your audience. That's what was running in my head. Like humor, not all humor is created equal also. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. And Jen, and, and check this out. I was thinking about this. So I think I'm funny. Right. <laughs> Uh, my wife doesn't sometimes, yeah. right? Her family does. It's, it's hilarious. My mom thinks I'm hilarious. And I am. I'm, I'm a pretty funny guy. I take pride in that. Um, but we have different definitions of humor. Um, one of the reasons we work is because we're opposite and we're alike in the, in the areas that matter the most, right? Uh, but, but just the other day, there was some something on Instagram I saw, and I was, like, crying laughing at it. And it was nothing more than like a person trying not to laugh with their best mm. friend. Um, and it, it was, he was trying not to laugh, but he was like spitting out water laughing. And I was like laughing, laughing. Why? Because I experienced that. I've, I've experienced that moment. And it is one of the most uncontrollable types of humor. I sent it to my wife and she was like, this is what you were laughing at? I was so hurt. Um, I was really hurt, but I share that to, Again, knowing your audience is so important to know your audience. That, that was a, a really micro explanation, but on a broader scale, understanding your audience and their pain points. Um, there's a great opportunity to use humor and other emotive element, elements to touch on those pain points. Uh, that, that's actually one thing I, I enjoy doing um, with, with campaigns, finding those things that you know your audience experiences and using humor and wit to make it a little bit lighter, right? Or doing things that that you know, I can't give an example, but if you know an industry struggles with this one thing, making fun of that can be a powerful way to connect immediately. Why? Because the recipient gets that email 
and they say, oh, wow, they get me. And as a B2B marketer, that's like hashtag mm -hmm. goals. Mm -hmm. so. Totally, totally. Um, now, you started kind of giving us a little, some little hints at some practical tips. So we're, we're understanding our audience first. We're testing things out. Um, maybe level one is emoji. Um, where do you go from there? Mm -hmm. What are some of the other uh, things that you might test out in your, whether it's email or social or whatever um, campaign that you're working on? Okay, I'll be completely transparent. I, um, I've, in my previous life, I've done some work with clients through an agency, and you know these were smaller mom and pop shops, right? So you have a little bit, you have a little bit more, a little bit more like playroom. Mm -hmm. um, in addition to emojis, you have my, one of my favorites are gifs or gifs, whatever you call them. <laughs> I love them. Um, they, they have the like amazing ability to convey an emotion um, in ways that words can't because with emails, you want to be quick. You want to be, you know, you don't want to write a 500 page dissertation or 300 word dissertation for that matter. If you're writing, you know, long emails, I would like check that process out. Uh, but if you can using GIFs, they're awesome. Quick, they're quick, they're popular. Everybody's using them. Um, I was talking to a manager about this. Um, and one of the, actually it was the business owner and I was telling them, you know, they were a little apprehensive about using Zips. And I asked him, I said, who, who, who's this going to? And he told me it was in the business. It was an air conditioning company and they sold like commercial air conditioners, right? And um, it told me who they were going to and we were just talking, having a conversation. And I was like, you know what? That person that you're sending this is doing probably right now on LinkedIn or Facebook sending Zips. So why are we... It's how we communicate. We just have to get comfortable with trying it. Again, not every situation can warrant a GIF, GIF, whatever you call it, but there are many more often than not, it will hit. So I say GIFs, GIFs, whatever. Um, every time I say it, I have to give that like the tomato, tomato, right? <laughs> exactly. Um, another one, memes. We use memes all the time. Um, it's how we communicate. And I think the, the biggest thing is just breaking down that wall between what you originally touched on, like how we communicate in our personal lives and business lives. Of course, certain things you do in your personal life don't make it into the workplace, but how we communicate is how we communicate. It's effective, right? So I say memes. Um, also really think like, and, and this example is pretty much, I, I've rarely seen a situation where this wasn't applicable, but puns, yo, everybody loves a good pun. Um, it may not, again, it may not have you like rolling on the floor, but it'll make you like smile um, and maybe reflect. It's a quick way to get in there and show the recipient, I get you. Um, I get you so much, I can write something clever about it. But puns are tough to write. Um, good ones are. Bad ones are easy. Fortunately, we have access to so many tools today. I'm not going to get into AI tools, but they exist and they're there to help you. Um, AI tools can be powerful ways to create puns. Um, so I said puns, uh, memes, gifs, emojis, um, and then th there's this other thing I like to do. It's called self-deprecation. Um, <laughs> self-deprecation can be powerful. Um, it's doing it the right way, you know, not over the top too much, but doing it the right way levels me, puts me on the level with the person I'm sending it to. Uh, makes them smile, makes me more approachable, makes me human, right? 
because most of the time I get emails from a BB marketing emails and I feel like they're created by a machine. Um, there's no personality, but wow, that self-deprecation can work wonders. And those are some of my favorites. You know, I feel like self-deprecation, if it's coming from a sales email, coming from a salesperson to a prospect, yes, it can work. Uh, but if it's one of those company emails, self-deprecation may not be the most appropriate because who are you deprecating? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. And actually, I mean, that brings up another question, like as you're trying these different um, methods and different content types. Um, I also am a big fan of like gifts, gifs, whatever, and memes, and kind of creating your own custom ones. And, you know, just like having a little bit of fun. I think it's important to like, you know, be topical, be fun, be lighthearted, don't be offensive. You know, it's, it's, it's very easy, mm -hmm. I think, for people to make the wrong choice when it comes to what content they use for memes and stuff like that. Um, but to that point, like what should B2B marketers keep in mind if they want to incorporate some of these things without crossing professional boundaries? Yeah. First and foremost, first and foremost, the brand, um, the NFL has this NFL players always like, Oh, you don't go against the shield, right? Because this, the NFL shield is extremely powerful. I say you treat humorous marketing emotive the same way. Your company is the brand. You protect that brand at all costs. Um, I'll give you a good example of something that went so wrong, so left, so quickly. Um, I think in about 2014, there was an incident with Ray Rice, who was a football player, where he was caught on camera, like punching his fiance. It was horrible. It was absolutely like incomprehensible, right? It happens though, a lot. This time it was just caught on camera. So there's no denying it. Um, and it was undeniable, couldn't be swept under the rug. Shortly after, this, this woman named Beverly Gooden tweeted about her own story. Wait, wait let me back up. But it, after that happened, everybody was like, why does she stay? I mean, I don't understand it. I, I don't, I don't act like I do. But the question was like, why does she stay? Um, so Beverly Gooden tweeted. And she created the hashtag, why I stayed. It went viral. It was a powerful moment uh, for people who've suffered from domestic violence. Um, and it opened the door for conversation, which was amazing. But here comes DiGiorno Pizza, I think. Um, they tweeted, hashtag, why I stayed, dot, 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 you had pizza. Mm. I mean, I don't know who was in the room when this happens. Mistakes happen. They happen. Um, but that's like, you, you should have checked it before you, before you tweeted that, which is like one of the things B2B marketers should do. Check, 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 check. Run that content, run that joke, run that idea by multiple people. I would express the importance of diversity here, right? Because what may be offensive, what may be like horribly offensive, to, to someone from one country may not, as you mentioned. So doing those checks with diverse audiences, diverse people, um, being open to feedback, taking that back um, and being able to quickly pivot or integrate that into the content. I would also say, and this is a no brainer, right? Avoid those taboo topics, no race, sex, age, politics, disability, sexual orientation. Just don't, eh, mm -mm, don't nothing else needed to be said about that. 
Um, I would also say, make sure the humor is relevant to your audience. I've touched on that a little bit. If, if you're selling commercial printers, um, just telling the joke probably won't do it. But if you can take that joke or take that humor and tie it to your offering or tie it to a pain point or tie it to a benefit, it can be much more effective than just knock, knock. Um, again, test it, test it, test it. Know your audience. Uh, I cannot talk about knowing your audience enough. Um, it, it's absolutely critical. The more you know about your audience, the more you'll be able to anticipate if something is of poor taste or of questionable taste. You know, and and then on the flip side of that, that there's always it's almost impossible to do something that doesn't offend someone. Um, and that's this the you know it's life. However, um, when you test this concept to test the content you can get the feedback and you can make a knowledgeable and more informed decision um and if if you if you most importantly i always say err on the side of good taste always if it's you know there, there are many ways to have fun uh it doesn't have to be at someone else's expense it doesn't have to be offensive you know offensive it's, it's not fun um it hurts somebody when somebody's hurting if everybody's not laughing it's sort of kind of takes the fun away from it. So those are the things I would do. Yeah, say. that's really good, good tips. And I, I think that's, that feeds into the fear that you talked about is like, what if I get this wrong? Mm -hmm. Like the, the, the mm -hmm. team that got it wrong on the example that you shared with the pizza, like that is a huge risk, but probably I would guess the results of people not checking it internally with enough people to say, Hey, you know, mm -hmm. I think that's like, one of the things that has happened in this culture that we're in of like social media and of things happening in real time, like something is trending for like a minute, right? So yeah. there is that like sort of push and pull of like, well, we want to check with enough people and make sure this is going to resonate, but also not miss the moment. Um, you know, I can, I can remember the, the like, well, it's Super Bowl t season, right? So we're talking about that's whatever, mm -hmm. but um, there was the blackout at the Super Bowl. I forget how many years ago, maybe 10 years ago. And the lights went out at the Super Bowl and Oreo tweeted, you can still dunk in the dark. The lights had to be out for like four minutes, right? Like it was not a, um, you know, it wasn't a big window. Oh, Nobody awesome. was getting that checked by anybody, but it was perfectly mm -hmm. timed and perfectly executed. And like 10 years later, I still remember it. Right. I'm probably not the only yeah. one. And but there's that moment where if that wasn't if it wasn't that it could have been something else that was, you know, that fell really flat. I, I mean, I guess the risk is not falling flat, in my opinion. If it falls flat, people don't like right. it. No risk. Like, no risk. None. No. The, the risk, as you were alluding to, the risk is just being offensive. Yes and causing brand damage because oh even after the person whose idea who, who, whose brilliant idea who had that brilliant idea they're going on that brand holds that mm -hmm. you know the, the people who were offended will remember that so it's extremely important back to like protecting the brand um you know no matter the company if if if, if i am a a leader there or a contributor whatever like my number one job is to protect this brand um, and I take that very seriously, um, just because, you know, somebody came up with the idea one day to start this company 
and they put in their blood, sweat, and tears. I'm fortunate to be able to contribute to this. I, I just hold that at a very high esteem, and it's very, it's important. Yeah, for yeah. sure, for sure. Um, and so maybe aside from like the the very serious consequences and you know the um, uh, the brand damage and the PR nightmare, like nobody wants to cause that. But mm-hmm. you know, just in terms of maybe effectiveness, thinking of it from that lens, where where do you see um, some common mistakes that brands have made in trying to inject that personality? I'm sorry. Repeat that question. I think oh. my my kid maybe like downstairs on <laughs> family time on the, on the podcast. Um, yeah, just, yeah. What are some okay. of the common mistakes that you see being made by brands that are trying to inject humor, maybe aside from the serious consequences, just in terms of like, mm-hmm. you know, effectiveness? Yeah, I, I think one of the most, um, one of the most common that I see, like, it's like, um, setting up the perfect play in basketball, but missing mm. the layup. Um, sometimes I see companies like, and I can't give you an example right now, but I've seen companies where they they come real strong with the humor in the front, but they fail to really tie it to the service or the product. Um, sometimes that can work, but it's, it's almost like leaving meat on the bone. And I'm a vegetarian, right? I'm proud of it, doggone it. But yeah, failing to really tie that humor with the product, service, or offering. Uh, it's critical. It's extremely critical. Another one that I see that like irks me, um, and it has less to do with humor, but more to do with like particularly emails. When somebody uses humor, dropping the ball on the CTA, um, I could I could cry. It, it makes me so angry sometimes. I got a, I got my wife has a business, but I'm cute, and I got an email one day. And I'm sitting there reading this email. First of all, it was really long. Um, and I shared about this at a conference. But in the end, after this guy gave this very long dissertation of why ButterbyQ needed their services, his CTA, it wasn't funny, but his CTA was like, if you would like, feel free to reach out to me at this number or do this. Oh gosh, I get making my head hurt. Because you you can't you can't you, the CTA is not the time to be passive. It's not it's time it's the time to be assertive. Why? Because you've already done the work in the body and now you're just laying the ball up um and, and giving it your best, not this passive lackadaisical thing. I've even seen humorous emails that I thought were just great, but when it comes down to the CTA, they give me five options. Hey, you can book here, you can call me, you can call my auntie, call my sister, call my nephew down back in Florida. Like what? (laughs) What is the one thing you want me to do, right? Tell me what you want me to do. I may not do it, (laughs) but at least you're clear and your humor has been tied to that. I might do it. So I think those are like the things that are not that, that, that won't get you in trouble, um, but they will reduce the effectiveness of your marketing campaigns or emails, um, particularly with emails, you gotta, that CTA. And if the best one is take the humor from the very beginning, because the, 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 the entire email in particular doesn't have to be like funny, but if you could open with a piece of humor, take that string and tie it to the CTA, oh my goodness, I just think it's, mm. it's, it's beautiful. It's a work of art. Um, and yeah. uh, 
that motivates me to like do what you asked me to do. Yeah, for sure. Oh my gosh. Like any, any campaign, like not having a, a, a clear and like uh, active CTA is, is definitely makes me a little bit crazy. Um, and it's not that mm-hmm. the CTA has to be like, Oh, we want to have a meeting with you, like book a meet. Like it doesn't have to be that, that serious. Right. I think maybe some of it depends mm-hmm. on where you are in the customer journey. Right. Maybe we just mm-hmm. want you to mm-hmm. click on this blog article that we've sent you and it's just useful. Right. We're not asking you for anything, but it's super clear. There's one yep. thing to do and you, and, and you know what it is. Right. That's it. That's it. I've even found, um, not found, this is not like groundbreaking or anything, but what I love to do, I like to challenge, and this is hard. I challenge myself. I challenge people I work with, like to, to let's get away from this commitment CTA, mm-hmm. right? Let's ditch that. No, it's so easy though. It's so easy. <laughs> Click here, learn more. It's so easy, but it's also lazy. Um, I challenge myself and everybody else, like, let's talk about the benefits of what we're what we're really trying to do if we're trying to get someone to um read a blog or watch this demo let's give them the benefits of that not the thing because people don't like to do things they like to get things and if someone feels like i'm giving them something they'll be more inclined to do exactly what i'm asking them to do um so in the words of my mama it's not what you ask actually this is my wife it's not what you say but how you say it yeah, for sure. Yeah, if you want somebody to do something, you got to give them a good reason. So why, why am I clicking mm-hmm. that link? Or why am I, you know, totally. Exactly. And then what you said just about tying it to the product, that's so, I can't tell, even if I just think about the consumer side of marketing, like how many, again, I'm in Super Bowl mindset. I'm thinking about all the ads that are about to come out next weekend. And this is like, for marketers, I I, I think even if you're not in this ad space, like um, just watching it It's a lot of fun. Right. And so I can't tell you how many ads like I remember the ad because of how funny it was and how memorable. And I have no idea who made it. Right. So I'm not buying from them because I mean, maybe I will act by accident, but not as a result of the millions of dollars they spent on that ad. So that's such a Mm -hmm. great tip. Like make sure there is a direct tie in to your offering or to the problem you're solving in order for it to actually be more effective. Indeed. Indeed. Well, I can't thank you enough for coming on today. This was not a boring conversation. This was a lot of fun. And I really appreciate your humor and your tips. And uh, yeah, thank you so much. This is great. Hey, thank you for having me. It's it's my soapbox. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's that thing um, that that like makes me cringe uh, that we treat uh, in general, we treat B2B marketing like it's a like it's a like it's a yeah. robot. It's a person. These are people. Let's treat them like people. Pet them. Hug them. <laughs> well, don't pet people, please. <laughs> okay, yeah. Right there I go. See? I told you. <laughs> Metaphorically, yes. <laughs> yes. Amazing. Go. Well, I hope everybody had fun listening in today. I'm going to be back with another episode next week. I'm chatting with Sherry Otto. See you then.